This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kine. Well, hi, I'm Troy. I'm, um, I'm a consultant in the metrics and the forecasting space. And I guess, you know, the question you always get is, how do you describe yourself to your mother? So uh, when my mother was alive, she said, I don't know what you do. And at first I sort of said, I help people move post-it notes and avoid paper cuts, a la Kanban. Then I sort of said, what do I do now? I teach mathematics, simple mathematics to executives. This is a series with Troy McGinnis, Man of Metrics. And today we have a special guest. Peter Minowski, I'm a technical coach um, helping teams do things right. And I'm interested in how to achieve that balance of doing things right against doing the right thing and doing things sustainably and that quality. So I'm interested in Troy's way of approaching metrics. Troy, tell us about a success in using your system of, of metrics. There's the ones which I think I have most success with. One of the use of the metrics is the... It's one of my forecasting spreadsheets, which sort of say roughly how far down a backlog of features you like to get to by a certain date. And it just converts it into an easy to talk about story of those aren't going to make it. These are going to make it. <laughs> so make sure these things which are going to make it are the things you want. And the success sort of is, is the fact that it helps people have a difficult conversation about scope and splitting earlier rather than right at the very end. So I know one sort of big financial institution, they knew that the, the team knew full well, you know, the watermelon status effect where the external to the team status looks green internal to the team status is red. Everyone knows that the project is going to be late. Does that happen? Ex- I've never heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> but externally, uh, it all looks green until the very last moment. So in this case, you know, this just sends the executive team and the leadership team just realistic, right? Because they just feel like, if I had known about this earlier, I would have made some different decisions along the way. But because I didn't know, and you just kept typing away in your cubicle <laughs> when we were doing such thing, and you didn't sort of raise your hand sort of saying, "There's a this is at risk, I made all these promises to these customers. And, uh, and uh, so the, the in this case, uh, one of the architects, so it was like everyone in the team was saying, you, know, you go, no, no, you go, no, you go, you go tell her, you go tell her. And finally, one of them sort of went in and said, we're not going to get all the features done. And the VP finally sort of said, finally, someone told me we're not going to get something before it comes true, before it dismisses, right? Right. And then she said, why? Well, because we've sort of been given this other work to migrate these other customers across. Why is your team doing that? I'll fix that right now. Yeah. So I actually sort of, not just sort of, you know, saying that this is at risk of not making it. They knew why. They expressed it early. And, it, and that gave that VP the ability to shift that other unplanned workload off that team. They delivered all of what they wanted originally on time. And now the VP sort of says, 
you know, I'm more, I, I want to hear the no's earlier. So that's the success. The success is in metrics and forecasting isn't being right at the end. It's knowing earlier that you need to do something about it. And then because you've got such a long runway to for the fix to have impact, you can make a smaller fix. So the, the success stories I love to hear is the fact that I didn't find out the week before release that we were late. I found out two months before release that we're going to be late. We decided to change and to prioritize scope slightly differently. We went live with something valuable. And the stress level and the homicide level at the leadership team was much less than it was the quarter before. Yeah, but I never heard the watermelon metric description. I love it. Agile Grande teaches you systems thinking through dramatic storytelling, such as Carter takes a job to improve a logistics company's adaptability, but efforts to scale agile practices are being blocked by Mr. Chernesky, a vice president who's organized the company into siloed pigeonholes in order to secretly make millions with a dark web shipping service. Carter's life is in danger, he goes underground, and a spy agency hunts for him. When Carter uses systems thinking, systems modeling, and organizational change to save his company and his life, you get to learn how to apply that to your organization as well. Get your free copy of Agile Grande at leanpub.com. Are you enjoying the episode so far? You know what would go with this episode really well? That would be some show notes. You've never heard of show notes? You know, if you're using a podcast player, they show up right inside of your podcast player for easy tapping. You just got to scroll into it. Now, if you downloaded this from a website, Go back to that website and you will find on that webpage the show notes and there'll be links back to Troy's company, the link to Troy's repository of Excel spreadsheets for tracking metrics and all kinds of good stuff. So find those show notes and you will find that cool specific content. If you're enjoying this series and you're like my friend JT and you missed episode 167, which is the the first episode that kicked off the series with Troy McGinnis, go to your favorite search engine and type in Lancer Agile Thoughts Archive and you can find episode 167 there. Next episode, more Troy McGinnis. I see that that internal piece versus external, a lot of time that happens because if someone on the team will tell outside that we're in trouble, then then somebody's going to try to help them. And they might come in with the help of like, well, do you need more people? Or, you know, they offer all sorts of help except moving the deadline, for example. So they'll keep the constraints that matter and relax constraints that sort of might not be helpful, right? Because adding more people to the project never helps in the short term. So 
getting to the right deadline seems to be a very difficult thing for the team. And once the deadline is put in stone kind of thing, it becomes unmovable. So how do you advocate with your data that it's the deadline that needs to move because all the other help that the team might try to get will not fix this?